ever, I can tell you that. Right? <laughs> We're putting our hands on passes and balls. and Receivers, uh, they couldn't catch a cold if it was the middle of February. Well, I don't get <laughs> They bring the head cold. It no good! He missed it! He missed it! He missed it! Drop it on my feet next time. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 52 of the Soda City Sit Down. It has been a while since we've all been in our recording chairs and doing this. It's probably been it, what, about a month or so. A long a couple time. Of, yeah, we uh, we we just took a couple of weeks over the holidays uh, just to kind of decompress, uh, kind of slow, get an idea of what we want to do in the new year, and and just also you know enjoy the holidays, spend time with family and all. Uh, pretty crazy year we just got out of so. Uh, need a little bit of a break, and we are glad to be back into it because boy has a lot happened since the last time we all got together for recording. So uh, we're going to get into our housekeeping as we always do. Um, one of the things that we're going to do this week, just since it's our first episode of the new year, is just kind of reintroduce ourselves, let people get more acquainted with our voices. We don't have the full crew here this week, uh, but we are going to still. Um, so give it around to everybody. So of course I am Tyler. Um, then the voice that you hear, the Hey everybody, as the rest of the guys like to make fun of. <laughs> and, uh, I'm going to give it away in order of favoritism. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Ooh. we'll go, uh, we'll go alphabetically after I said that just to make it less awkward. Um, so Austin, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, it's Austin. Happy to be back off our year, uh, our year long hiatus. <laughs> um, but it is actually going to be back. Oh, my God. I waited all year for that. I'm the dad. Tyler's the I one that's supposed to be making the dad jokes. Yeah, that's supposed to be my joke. Uh, we are now looking for a new coach. <laughs> yeah. But it is great to be back. Uh, you know, I was able to come home, see the guys, spend some time with family. It was great. Uh, so definitely happy that I was able to do that. Happy to be ready to record. Got a lot of content for you. Ready for the kick this new year off right. 2020 is over. Looking on to good things for 2021. Yeah, we've also got, uh, we've got Clayton here tonight as well. Uh, what's up, everybody? I, I mean, I don't have too much to say other than, you know, I hope that 2021 brings both the Gamecocks and the Panthers better fortunes than 2020. <laughs> that would be that'd be nice. Uh, and then I rounded out our, our group for tonight is Matt. Hey, guys. Uh, I, I also, similar to Clayton, don't have a lot to say except for... Uh, actually, I do have a lot to say because... It feels like forever since we recorded last, and everything has happened related to South Carolina in the last month. So we're gonna we're gonna try to get into all of it. So I'm excited for that. Let's go. Yeah, so uh, we're excited to get this thing going. Uh, it is episode 52. That's officially a year's worth of episodes. We put out one a week. This is episode 52. Uh, we've recently passed our technical one year anniversary uh but in terms of episode numbers and week numbers this is this is one year right here so that's really cool uh we've got a lot of cool things coming up uh this year uh hopefully this month uh we've got um some possible guests for the show coming up here shortly uh so we're really excited to get those locked down and announce those and and record those episodes and get those out to y'all um speaking of our episodes and listening to our episodes as always we are um we are on spotify and we are on apple podcasts i would just so to city sit down go on there like us subscribe to us give us a review all of that kind of stuff comments anything you, you feel like doing for us um we're also on social media at so to city sit down on both twitter and instagram uh we've been blowing up the twitter game so far in 2021 twitter uh, game has been strong meme game strong it it really helps uh t- your twitter game when you are a gamecock podcast and your arc rival gets absolutely smacked in like their first game of the, of the uh, new year uh that really helps the, the twitter numbers the hashtag analytics uh we'll get more into that maybe a little bit later on but uh but it's been it's been a fun ride to start out the year so hopefully uh those twitter numbers will will translate into our podcast numbers as it goes along, so we're excited to get that going. But like we've alluded to, we've been on an absolute roller coaster so far in 2021 when it comes to Gamecock football. Uh, we have basically built, torn down, and rebuilt a coaching staff. Uh, we've got plenty of news in terms of player personnel. Uh, I don't even know where to start. I mean, do we start 
Do we start with Bobo? Do we start with what, what, what? Where do we start on this, guys? I I really have no clue. Why don't we just go in chronological order of what has happened so far? I don't even know if I remember missed. the chronological. Oh order. boy, it's been That's so crazy. <laughs> well, for the coaching staff, we'll start off with a few weeks ago. Just wide receiver coach Justin Step was hired. We took him away from Arkansas. Huge hire. He's from South Carolina. Extremely happy to come here. And I'm extremely happy to have him on our team. Great After press his conference. press conference, yeah, yeah. he, uh, he talked about all the local restaurants and everything that he's missing. And, God, that, made, that made me so hungry. That made me so hungry. <laughs> I mean, especially considering the fact that like I officially moved away from Columbia in August. And I haven't been back since September. Which is like... This is the longest stretch I've been away from Columbia in six years. Pretty creepy. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, like, oh my god, I have Bojangles here in Charleston, Somerville, but Zesta, I don't have that. I, I don't have rushes. Mm, uh, I don't have any of all that stuff. So in I was Orleans, on the message. I was on the message boards earlier today, and people were talking about people were talking about Columbia barbecue. Man, I'm thinking of like Palmetto Pig. Like, dude, I'm missing Columbia food right now. But yeah, that was that was a nice touch in that press conference. Zesto's Zesto's shouted him out after the press conference. Of course they did. Yeah, come on down. (laughs) A lot of people were tweeting about Bojangles too. Yeah, we're all super excited about Justin Step. I think he's going to be a a, a, probably one of the perfect additions that uh, that Beamer could have had uh, added to his coaching staff. And then after that, we had uh, yep, we had uh, offensive line coach hired from Tennessee, uh, friend. Came down to be with Mike Bobo, and he stayed with the program for all of uh, six days. Five. five I don't days? even know if it was officially. Not have been that long. Yeah, it, four days. Maybe I think. I think it was five days. He was not our friend. That is for sure. So Bobo and friend, they uh, got offers offers from Auburn, and well, like uh, Beamer said in his press conference, we uh, uh um. Uh, oh, wish him the best. <laughs> yeah, that that press conference was pretty telling. Honestly, uh, if if you listen to what Beamer said, I mean, he 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 really didn't mince words much there. He was he he didn't really want to talk about it, and he he made a lot of comments about being committed to this university. Hold on, wanting hold guys on. that are committed, and we're getting out know. of our chronological order here. Right. I right. mean, we're just talking okay. about the things. We still and, have. You know, it's, okay. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. That was. Continue, Matt. Continue. That was quite a press conference. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, the Bobo situation sucks, and for for I feel like the Bobo situation was before he left, kind of a a divided topic because a lot of people wanted him to stay because of what he was able to do with our offense last year, but a lot of people also saw what he did with Colin Hill and like. Ryan Alinsky potentially transferring is what it sounds like. Um, and, you know, that that was like, I guess, a topic you could get into on either side. But after he kind of up and went to Auburn and Bobo made or uh, Beamer made the comments kind of like wanting guys that want to be here, that that really just kind of set the fan base completely one sided against Bobo. Yeah, and I, I'll admit, I. And I think I got, I mean, it's been quite a while since we recorded anything, but I think I've been on this podcast saying that, like, I was a supporter of Bobo. I think that he was a good person to retain. I think that what he did specifically in the running game this past year was incredibly impressive, uh, considering that we basically had to be a one-dimensional team due to a lack of consistent quarterback play and complete lack of any type of quality play from wide receivers. So having that run game was so good. And if you just build up that wide receiver room, uh, have that tight end room built up, um, which I think we definitely are going to be able to do with uh, with both Coach K. Murray and Coach Step, Coach Step. But after everything that's happened, everything, how it went down, I could care less about Mike Bobo. I think he is a absolute snake. I think that yeah, good I agree with pretty yeah. much all of that. I think his true colors are shown. And like you said, good riddance. I think that... While, you know, we might have, you know, I think uh, we've hired Marcus Satterfield as our offensive coordinator. He might have some growing pains. All right, so let's move next in the chronological order. Right after Bobo was fired, we hire Panthers offensive line coach Marcus Satterfield, which really divided the fan base. 
assistant offensive line coach. I hate well, to be that guy. You're, but you're right. You're right. I hate to be that he guy. He does have OC experience, though. It's not like, you know, he's just an O-line guy. He does have offensive coordinator experience, um, which I was surprised. I honestly had no idea who he was. I'm not even going to lie. So that kind of, I was one of the ones uh, that no was, like, shocked. No idea. But, he was on like, the Panthers. His, I didn't know who he seeing was. Seeing his extensive resume and, like, kind of some of the numbers he put up, I was genuinely impressed. Like, I'm kind of ex- – I'm actually really excited for this. There's there's definitely room for concern on the hire. I can see like where people aren't happy, but I think at the same time, if you like, if you listen, to, and, and of course these guys are just they're in the press conference, they're just talking. We haven't seen anything yet. We haven't they haven't even really had a, a practice at South Carolina yet, so we don't have really a clue what their what this offense is going to look like. But what I think that Beamer is going to do, what he learned from Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, and what Satterfield seems to be on board on is we're not going to make an offense and say this is South Carolina's offense and you had to fit these pieces. Because I think that's what Muschamp did, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Like he was like, this is how I want the defense to be. But right here, we don't we don't have the personnel to say, we want to run this type of offense in South Carolina. We're going to look at that personnel and say, this is the offense that we have to run in South Carolina to succeed with the personnel that we have. And that's what excites me the most. My take on this uh, this hire is kind of that just Satterfield, obviously I didn't know who he was. The only Satterfield I knew was uh, Scott, who's the, the Louisville coach. And so when, when this was announced, I, I didn't really know what to think of it. Obviously, being the assistant O-line coach, even for an NFL team, is not a sexy title to bring in as an SEC offensive coordinator. But then the further you get past like the initial hire, the more and more it looks better. Because immediately after Bobo goes to Auburn, you hear uh, from the Gamecock football accounts that Satterfield's been hired. And then you hear Bobo talk about how, like, this was the guy he wanted. This is no, a, a guy that he, like, his number one choice. I think the most exciting part about it is that this is not a SEC retread, a guy who's failed in other places. This is a guy who is, you know working to make a name for himself and prove that he is worthy of this position where people are doubting him. He's, he's going to be hungry. He's going to be out looking to, you know, I, I, I definitely wouldn't even say he's a failure. I mean, like I said, if you look at his resume, I mean, offensive coordinator with uh, temple while rule was there and he even went to Baylor. I think he was a tight ends coach or something like that. <clears throat> um, but he's been with part of some good offenses. We know how good of a coach rule is and like how he could have been a guy if he'd, had a couple more years behind him that would have been in contention when Muschamp was hired. And so if, if you're talking about rule, you got to also talk about the guys he had with him and Satterfield's been with him a, a good bit of his career. So yeah, I mean, I, I think you, that's heard, you heard JC Sherbert when he was on our show uh, about a month or two ago after Muschamp was fired, he said, if he could go back in time and, and take Ray Tanner and put him on a plane and say, hire this guy, he's going up to Philly and he's going to hire Matt rule. I mean, he said that right here on the show. And Matt Rule's probably taking Satterfield with him. So, I mean, th- probably. those are important, I mean, you, important he, things he shown, to know. Each stop that he's taking, he's taking Satterfield here. I guess it was destiny. So, so how excited, or like if you were to give a letter grade for the hire of Marcus Satterfield, because I think this is the most controversial one, what would you give it? At the time, I'll be honest, uh, I was going to give it a, I, was, I would give it like a D plus. Um, I think... I think this is a hire that is hard to give just like right now without seeing a lot. Um, I, I think that I would definitely move it up to like at least a C plus now that we've kind of now that they've been introduced, we've heard what they're going to say. But at the same time, like it is just talking season. Uh, they can say they're going to run this offense that is going to plug in the pieces. Like they're going to they're going to build the offense around the players and not the players around the offense. You can say that all day long. I want to see it, but just hearing that. I'll move it up to at least a C minus, C plus, maybe B minus, and then you know we'll we'll see how spring practice goes and, and spring um, spring ball and all that stuff, and if, if there is that, assuming, um, and we'll see exactly what this hire is starting to look into. Yeah, really, the only things we have to go off of with this hire are the name and the resume, which I I don't think are extremely impressive. Obviously, never heard of the guy before. His resume is decent, but. You know, with some of the names we had thrown out before, I wouldn't say it's it's anything ridiculous. So it, it's probably not high on that aspect. And then 
when it comes to just what he had to say and, and what Beamer has said about him and being his number one choice and everything, I think that definitely rises him for me. But similar to what Tyler was saying, it, it it's really hard to judge at this point. I, I mean, so it has to be probably a middle of the road grade. Yeah, I, I'm putting like C uh, just because of all those reasons. I I'm excited to see what he can do, though. But then the same day after we announce uh, Marcus Satterfield, we also announce our defensive coordinator, a man with a great name, Clayton White. F, just name alone. Yeah. <laughs> a plus off of name, name alone <laughs> there right there. <laughs> but, uh, but actually, he's got a very impressive defensive resume. He's not, not been at a big school per se, but his, uh, his track record on the defenses he's put out there are are very good. Western Kentucky is a relatively consistent, uh, but he's solid never been a group of five. you know a power I, five. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I I get what you're saying there, but I'm saying like of group of five schools. I mean, Western Kentucky, I wouldn't say is like a pushover. I don't think they've been great. No, the last I don't think so. Two years, but they they uh, they're not pushovers it's, defensively. It's a, no, it's a, it's of this a guy. known name. It's a known name. I think one thing I can say about all of the coaches we've hired, it seems so far, is all of them have definitely won that first press conference, which, you know, a lot of a lot of coaches sound good in that first press conference. But I mean, Clayton White, when he sat up there, like you could tell he legitimately like really liked the job. And you could say the same thing even to a higher extent with Justin Stepp, just because of his connection with the university growing up and taking all the unofficial visits he took to Carolina and all of that all of those things kind of really go in with the mindset I think Beamer's trying to bring in this culture difference and that's you know Satterfield and Clayton White are not going to have the name recognition that a guy like Bobo had or if we had hired like a Derek Mason who ends up going to Auburn as well you know those guys could be very talented and they could have been better hires than Satterfield and White but just just off of what we've seen so far and it's going to be a long road but th- these guys really want to be here and they seem like they could really work well with this culture, with this staff. Like it's it's going to be a complete overhaul in culture, which we we need badly. We've talked so much about how bad the culture was that uh, we left off with, and what Muschamp kind of bred here. And and those those these guys that have been hired so far, they really seem to fit the bill of a, a new, improved culture. Yeah, just about what Matt was saying. Like I. I... The whole, like, basically all of our coordinators so far, especially with Muschamp, were kind of on the buddy-buddy system. You know, they'd worked together before. They were friends outside of football, whatever. So, you know, they kind of had this all same mindset, um, just this toxic culture that they brought. But these guys, they have something to prove. They're all from, quote-unquote, smaller schools. They haven't really had big gigs like this. You know, but or, you know we're not looking at guys that have, you know, worked with the system before or have been retreads. We're looking at guys who, you know, the school means something to them, this job means something to them, and they actually want to bring – you know, talent and development. They don't care about what those guys do in the NFL. They care about what they're going to do for South Carolina. And I think that's huge. That's a huge culture shift that we need. And I'm really excited to see what that brings for us. I think that's going to do wonders for this program. Yeah, that's one thing that I've even talked about uh, in our conversations outside of the podcast and conversations I've had with other people over the holidays and stuff, um, or really in the last couple of days, really. And it's just, like, if, if you look back to five years ago, and we're going through this process with Muschamp and all the names are coming out. I mean, I'd have to say that like the, the staff that Muschamp put together at the beginning, like on paper, probably the best staff that we've ever had top to bottom in South Carolina, at least like in the conversation of top three, if not. I mean, I know obviously Spurrier has some good staffs, but I mean, just name alone. I mean, I felt like everybody going down the list had either been like nominated or won like the award for top assistant in college football. So it was a very impressive resume. And then here we are five years later and all those guys are fired and we're going with a new, a new route. These guys, I think, uh, it's, did Clayton White, I think he was like a finalist for it maybe. I don't know. He was, it was a multi-year finalist. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we got guys that are up there, but like, but they're also like, like you said, they're not these SEC retros. Like, I mean, I'm not saying like, don't hire anybody who's not been nominated for this award. Like, not at all what I'm saying, but like, it's, it's just a completely different look. I mean, these guys, they don't have a lot of SEC background, but like these guys just, they want to prove like they have a South Carolina background. Like these guys are right for South Carolina. I mean, you've got, I mean, you've got Kimry who's famous for, I mean, he played here. He grew up in Columbia. He's got the fade. He's been doing a Gamecock podcast before. He's been coaching 
right up the road. You got Step, who like we've already talked about, has been you know he was um, he taught he broke or he got emotional just talking about how he used to get tickets to like every single Saturday's game and how he's up there talking about Zestos and Bojangles and rushes and all that. I mean. And Beamer. I mean, Beamer kind of did the same thing, talking about, like, in his introductory press conference. I mean, those are three guys right there that are going to be massive on the recruiting trails that, I mean, they're just going to – I mean, when – I don't know. Like, you have Muschamp, and he's going to go into your living room and talk to you about getting to that next level, and that's exciting. I'm sure that's exciting. Like, obviously it worked because we had a couple five-stars, and he brought in good recruiting classes. But I feel like when you get this guy that's sitting across from you in your living room, and he's just like – I mean, you can tell, like, he wants to be there in your living room talking to you, but he can't wait to get back to Columbia. He can't wait to get back to University of South Carolina. Like, these guys are going to sense that, and it's going to be so much fun to see how that actually equates to getting recruits. I think so, too. Uh, Just to highlight some of the other guys that have come through, uh, it's probably breaking our chronological order a little bit, but uh, we haven't recorded in a long time. So Des Kitchings was held on to as well as Mike Peterson. Seems like Tracy Rocker, at least for now, is going to be here again. And uh, obviously other new hires that happened quite a while ago. Pete Lembo is our special teams coordinator. That one excites me for sure because him being well-known as one of the better special teams coordinators uh, in the country at Memphis and Shane Beamer being having a lot of uh, – special teams background, along with a couple of other guys that we've hired. So those are all uh, big things for us. And then most recently, Torian Gray as uh, the DB coach coming from Florida. And, you know, I, I think there was and before some... that, he came from a, another Beamer. He was at Virginia Tech for a very long time, and he's put multiple first-round draft pick defensive backs into the into the league. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. It seemed a lot like Florida had some issues mostly with the coordinator there last year that prevented him from really uh, getting through to his guys. But we we know that his his track record is is really solid, and he's already hit the ground running uh, with a bunch of offers. Uh, same goes for Step, I believe. So I mean that that's a that's a solid step. And he, Torian Gray already has the endorsement of. Gamecock great DJ Swearinger. <laughs> so that's right. that's literally all I need. I mean, yeah. that's literally it doesn't get all much better than that. That I need, and let's not forget that he was saying, uh, well, not Torian Gray, but how uh, Clayton White in his press conference said that we're not going to be lining up. You know, we're not giving guys a ten yards cushion anymore. Uh, we're going to be giving them. We're going to be right on top of them from near the line of scrimmage. That's that's really exciting. So you add that. You know, you talk about how these guys can be playing, how they're supposed to be playing. Uh, I'm I'm excited. And it's just going to have about be, be about having the personnel though. We got to make sure we have the personnel that can line up in those schemes and make the plays because uh, they're going to be jumping around all over the place. But I, I feel confident in the staff to do that, um, and I don't expect it to happen after year one. But you know, I, I mean, I'm that's what uh, Clayton White said in his press conference. He he and Satterfield uh, both were talking about how they wanted to use, uh, depending on what base formation they were going to be in, was going to depend on the personnel that we had and what they were good at. They were going to try yeah. and maximize what our talents are and which I think know, is the opposite of the older regime should to be do, honest. But yes. we'll see what actually happens. Yeah. And, and like you said, like especially our defense, I think you can look at it and say like in the last couple of years, the biggest issue has been that there's been too much buddy ball between the coaches and the players. You know, mm-hmm. if you were a player that was a four or five star recruit, they just put you into the play- position that you wanted to play and not the position that they needed, like that needed to be played to, like to present the best defense possible to South Carolina. That's not going to happen with Clayton White. That's not going to happen with Torian Gray. They're going to say, you're going to work here. You're going to play this position. And and I think that that is going to go a long way. And, I mean, you put guys in the right place, you're going to see you're going to see results. So I'm excited for that. I think we all reacted the same way in our group chat when uh, we, we saw the stuff about 10 yards. Um, 10 yard cushions by the DBs are a thing of the past now. We're going in more aggressive, which... My God, it feels like it's been an eternity of watching just slant routes be wide open because we're just playing so far off of our guys. I, for one, am a huge fan of this. I'm going to hold back my opinions on, like, my full opinions on what that statement meant to me because I don't want to make this an X-rated podcast. So I'm just going to leave it. Why (laughs) not? Because... (laughs) Uh, filthy, filthy thoughts <laughs> ran through my mind when I heard that. <laughs> but yeah, that rounds out our uh, 10 coaches. Uh, glad to 
I, I, I'm glad with what we have. I think they... Well, no, we don't have an offensive line. Yeah, we have either. nine currently. Oh, right, because friend left. Yes. He was a friend he of Bobo. He gave us a, so. a nice little 100K, though, when he, when he walked out the door. Same yeah, Bobo, Bobo so. as well. So that'll really help. I thought Bobo was 200K, or am I wrong? No, I don't think he had officially signed the extension yet. Uh, so, um, or something like that. Either way, we got um, some cash from them. Well, real yeah, quick, I think, I think on for all of us. Oh, that we have that Auburn game circled now, absolutely, right? Oh, oh that Auburn game is 100% circled. Yeah. My gosh, that's going to be a fun one. Hopefully. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why Why exactly is it going to be circled? Anyone want to tell me? <laughs> Outside of just Bobo leaving? Any other reasons? Why don't you tell us, Tyler? Well, since y'all seem to be under a rock. <laughs> uh, so, our uh, our... Great 2022 five-star commitment in Gunnar Stockton decommitted as of today, Tuesday, uh, the, uh, the what is it, the, the 12th of January? God, it's already the 12th. So yeah, he decommitted today. Uh, it pretty much kind of seems like signs are pointing towards he might end up at uh, at at Auburn with, with his or good Georgia. buddy Mike Bobo. Yeah, Devin apparently, uh, he's not on tonight, but he was talking to us earlier, said that he has seen some things where maybe Georgia, his home school, home state school, uh, could be coming into play, which I can see because really out of the, I mean, I think it's going to be us, Auburn, or Georgia, realistically. Georgia's the only staff that he knows right now outside of having Mike Bobo at Auburn, but he doesn't know anybody else on that staff. Uh, but I still think, I mean, he's got he's got the Shaw connection here. Of course, Shaw isn't going to be like a one-on-one coach with him, but I think he's definitely – I he's not going to be coached by Connor Shaw at South Carolina, but I think that he's still going to have day-to-day interactions with Connor Shaw at South Carolina. The kind of role that he was in already, I think, allowed for that. And they've said time and time again in the last couple of weeks that Shaw's role is going to evolve into like a more hands-on role, uh, but he's just not going to be an on-the-field guy. So – I think that we're still going to be in the back pocket. Like, he didn't really say, like, like I'm just not coming to South Carolina. I mean, of course, I guess they never really do. But I, I, let's give him time to let, like, let, let's let's put our new staff on him and let him get it's to know our It's still so staff. early for him because he's, he's, he's just a, a junior in high school right now, correct? Yeah. yeah. Well, this he just finished his junior year. So right. he's, a, I guess, a rising senior in that terms. So he's, you know, he's going into his senior year. He might commit by December. He might commit by February. I mean, we have at most over a year to get this guy in the fold. Yeah, it know, definitely at, stinks. At, like it, it hurts a lot to to lose a guy, at least for now, of his stature. Just because I feel like that's one thing you almost you almost wanted to revolve around, like with with staff decisions. Even though that's not a good yeah. idea to make a. No, staff no. decision based off of one kid but like that those kind of thoughts were like he's he's been that good that you you would consider stuff like that and let me let me put let me put one thing to rest in the fan base and that's you know his decommitment and they're like he doesn't want to be here beamer's trying to get guys that want to be here forget him like go to auburn do whatever don't don't treat this like that kind of situation it, I understand, like, you want a guy that's going to commit to the school and not a guy that's committing to a coach. But, like, let's not forget, the entire offensive coaching staff that he committed to is different. It's different. And, I, yeah, I want I want guys to commit to South Carolina, but there's a reason that, you know, the football coaches recruit and not the school president and, you know, the alumni association. If that was the case, if they wanted to commit to a school, that'd be the case. But they're committing to a coaching staff at the same time, regardless of how guys want to think. So he's got a whole new staff. Let these guys get in there and, co- and get acquainted with him, and let's see what happens. So that's yeah, why I'm, I'm not. I'm totally with you there, and yeah, you know. and still, but still, don't don't tweet at the recruit. Yeah, don't I mean tweet. that that's I always see... that's always a thing. I mean, it, people preach that and then don't actually follow it when it affects them. A quote, a quote retweet is the same thing as tweeting the recruits, guys. Yeah. There were like 300, there were 300 at least uh, quote retweets or something like that. Like something crazy of Gunnar Stockton's tweet about him decommitting. So they count the same. Yeah. Well, uh, along with commitments and decommitments, we, we definitely have a few new guys coming along with the Beamer hire. And 
even more guys that are on our radar from uh, JUCO transferring from other schools, particularly like Oklahoma. I think we probably unrealistically have gotten a little bit uh, involved with, with guys. Like, I don't know about y'all, but the way mine work, my mind works is if somebody decommits from Oklahoma, which there's been like, I swear, like 12 to 15 guys, Dude, no, every like one of them is coming here. Charleston Rambo is ours. Like that's that's the way I'm thinking right now. <laughs> There's if no reason if we don't get be. Charleston Rambo for a number of reasons. I'm going to oh, be disappointed. Yeah. There's no reason like outside of having the name Charleston and us really wanting him because he looks like a good receiver that he would come here. But hey, I mean it's not like Beamer even coached him. But uh, you know what? Come they, on down. They cross paths. They cross yeah, paths. Yeah, oh, of course. But they know, you know each other. Beamer's first commit, Isaiah Norris, a JUCO DB from Georgia Military College. Uh, just notable because he was the first guy that, that committed. He committed on Christmas Day. Uh, Amarian Brown uh, transferring from Georgia Tech. So this guy had seven touchdowns as a true freshman on Georgia this Tech's team. This excites me. Do, do you want to add on to that sentence? It ties Calvin Johnson's record for most touchdowns by a and freshman at Georgia Tech. Like, how did they let this guy Calvin go? Calvin Johnson. Yeah. Ever heard of him? <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, with, with just with the basic stats like that, I feel like he's already a top – a, a top receiver for us coming in next year. Oh, I so, agree. <laughs> stuff like if if we can keep going after guys like that, like that, we're gonna have a good time. And you know, we'll talk a bit in a second about the transfers that we've suffered, but we're gonna need DBs and receivers. Receivers, we just didn't have any in the first place, and then DBs, it just like our whole secondary is gone. But you know, those those are a couple of the guys. There, there's been a couple other commits and a few others on the radar, but we're. I mean, I'm excited with some of the guys we've had in, not all, like like the transfers in particular. I feel like we're very quietly, successfully playing the transfer portal. I mean, we've had a lot of drama in the last week with just like the coaching staff stuff. Like, did y'all notice that, what was it, Friday and like shit hit the fan and, and Bobo left and all that kind of stuff. And then it was like, we had like two DB recruits commit on Friday and like no one really talked about it. Because of all the Bobo stuff. Yeah, so, and, you know, that kind of shows that there was definitely some staff hiring talk going on in the background. Even though Marcus Satterfield and Clayton White hadn't been announced yet, most most guys aren't probably committing to a school without knowing who those uh, hires are going to be. So that was definitely telling uh, with some of the guys we're getting. But I, I'm excited about a couple of them. I, I still think there's a lot out there that we need to go after. And I, I'd like to see us get some big names, particularly at those skill positions. But yeah, other than that, transfers, you know, we, we've we kind of chronologically, it started with a bunch of our DBs, Jamie Robinson and John Dixon going after finishing the season. A little surprising, but it seemed like the defensive back room was kind of all the John on Dixon the same. one was more surprising yeah, to me. For sure. And uh, Deshaun Fenwick as well. Uh, that one made sense. I mean, he's, I think he'll be a starter wherever he goes because he is a good running back. Um, but with, with, one and position that we have. To, uh, um, Oregon State? Is, yeah. Is that... Or, yeah, and, yeah. He went to Oregon State. And then Kier Thomas and Jamie Robinson went to Florida, Florida State, State. And John Dixon went to Penn State. Yeah, so those guys Lots have of all states. announced. I feel like there's a couple other transfers I'm not thinking of at this point. Um, so, obviously, we're going to have a few with Beamer leaving. Did we mention that Deshaun Fenwick went from Cox to Beavers? Did, did we talk about that? Did we say that again? <laughs> we did say that he went to Oregon State. We just didn't mention that he went from Cox to Beavers. I just wanted to point that back out. Uh, yeah, Tyler, what what did you say again? Did you say Cox to Beavers? Was that good yes. enough for you? Yeah, the right. enunciation really helps. <laughs> Fantastic meme by what Sean content? Fenwick. <laughs> content, content. But, you know, I, I, I feel like it's fair to say the most uh, talked about transfer at this point is Ryan Holinsky, who... You know, when Bobo was retained, when Bobo was retained, he was gone. And, you know, that made a lot of sense when Colin Hill was started all year and he, he got a handful of snaps throughout the entire 2020 season. But, you know, then when Bobo leaves and everything's going down, Holinsky starts liking all the all these Gamecock posts again. And it's like, well, you know, now that Bobo's is, I guess, one of the main issues, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Like, there, it might just not just be Bobo, but, you know, that certainly seemed like a stepping stone for him to potentially come back. So we're we're kind of sitting in limbo right now with Ryan Alinsky. I don't know what y'all's thoughts on are, but... I'm not going to get my hopes up on it, uh, but if he wants to come back, I, I definitely welcome him back with open arms. I, 
I think he's been a great ambassador for our, our school and our program for the last two years, and I'm not going to try back on the kid. I think that's how most people feel about it. Yeah, I would love to have him back, but honestly, if I was him, I probably wouldn't want to come back just because it seems like he's he would have to be fighting for his job, whereas he could probably go to a lot of other schools and just be the starter. We said that about Jake Bentley, too. Fair enough. He is off to South Alabama. Alabama. All yeah. right. I, I don't know. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens with Alinsky. But, you know, that was just a, a ton of different news. Transfers, commits, decommits, staff so much hiring, staff firing. Oh, there's so much. We, yeah, we, it's been a wild month. We've missed lot. more than we've talked about. Don't don't get me wrong. We but, but but how about the Beamer era just in general? Like I, I don't we don't need to dive too deep into this. But from what I he's just every time he talks it, it makes me want to run through a brick wall. And you know that that might change if we start losing games. But <laughs> yeah, that'll probably change. This is the best part of the year. What do you mean we're not losing games? So exactly, <laughs> some of the things that have happened have kind of like. Uh, on the surface, made me feel like, oh, maybe Beamer wasn't ready to be a head coach. When Bobo leaves, when Friend leaves just after he gets hired, it's like, damn, that, that like really sucks. And like, I wish he would have held on to it. But then the more things go on and the more you see and hear from the new coaches, from Beamer himself, it's like, he, I could, I feel pretty confident in saying that Beamer probably just did not take anything from Bobo. He was just like, if you want to go to Auburn, I want someone who's going to be here. I want to make a staff that's for me. He sounds like he put his foot down and you know, I'm, I'm proud of that. I want to see that passion from our coaches. No, either, either he is spinning that, that storyline perfectly for himself or everything that he said happened, happened. And he like, I mean, he's got a set of kahunas on him and he was just like, Oh, you want to go to Auburn? Screw you go to Auburn. I don't care. And that's what, so either way, if you're spinning, if you, if you're a spin master or if like you just have a set of kahunas, a plus in my book. Like, let's go, let's ride. So excited to see what comes when we actually get to get on the field and snap the ball and do the football stuff. That'll be fun. I think might be awful. <laughs> might be rough for a bit, but you know, I, I think we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens. But I'm I'm confident in the staff going forward. Yeah, it's all about getting to that that championship level of football. And speaking of championship level of football. We still got to see a little of that uh, from the sidelines, I guess, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, so, like I said earlier, we were recording this on Tuesday, just last night. Monday night, we saw the culmination of a crazy, crazy football season. Uh, and it was you know, kind of an interesting title game matchup, uh, too, because you saw kind of the side, both sides of like the whole college football situation with Alabama, SEC school. That was pushing out football the whole way. And then you've got Ohio State from the Big Ten. That was like, eh, we won't start until like December. Well, Ohio State wanted to have a season, but the Big Ten. Well, the conference, the conference. I'm trying and to paint a picture. And then the Big Ten over backwards trying to make sure it did happen. Yeah, true. Or uh, they so, could get Ohio State to the playoffs at least. But So, yeah. So, the, uh, the season ended uh, last night with a big-time Bama beatdown over the Buckeyes. This and one, nobody is surprised. Not surprised. Uh, I will say, like the the way that got out of, that game got out of hand was impressive. Like it, it, talking for Alabama, like that game because it they came down and like they scored and went up seven zero. Alabama did after they had like the it wasn't a three and out. I don't think for Ohio State, but it was close enough to it. And I was like, wow, they're just going to blow these guys away. And then Ohio State came right down and scored. And then Alabama went up by seven again, got the ball back. It looked like they were going to go down and just put the game away. And then Ohio State got the ball back on a pretty stupid Matt Jones fumble and then went down and scored, tied it up. And you're kind of sitting there, and I was like, wow, like this is this could be a game. And I don't remember exactly what point that half it was. And then you blinked, and they were, and Ohio State was down 17 and a half. Like, I'll give you two words. Devontae Smith. Okay. Yeah, covering the Heisman Trophy very winner it seems like uh should be pretty obvious. But I don't know. The Ohio State defensive coordinator, you know, maybe he knows more than me, but 
Watching that that short and stocky little linebacker try to cover <laughs> Devonte Smith on that play, I, I told Austin, I was like, it looks like you running, a, running out there. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was a good idea because it'd be a terrible idea for me to be out there. So I, I saw <laughs> I saw someone describe that that specific play. Like I think it was the third the third touchdown that Devonte Smith had in the first half, um, and I think that was a play that he really got burnt on. And someone said the best thing about college football is the fact that. Every single person in college football is either the best team, the best player their high school has ever had, or he's the best player the high school's had in years. And then they get to college, and you either get a matchup of a guy that's going to become a nine-time Pro Bowler, or a guy who's going to be a mitigating attorney, a mitigation attorney <laughs> in four years. You know. <laughs> And that, and like that play was the epitome of that statement. I mean, <laughs> that guy, the guy for Ohio State. Congrats, you played for a national championship. But holy crap, oh, he man. was burnt. Not us. not a coverage. That's guy, not his fault at all. Like no, that is not. all on. No, I mean, and and the first touchdown, they literally don't cover Devontae Smith. He's like stays at the line of scrimmage, and nobody is on him. Matt Jones just dumps it off to him, and he runs it for an easy touchdown. It's like. Too easy. It's too easy. Their defense was pitiful, and you know, with Justin Fields being as hurt as he was, you could not have expected their offense to put up fifty. Like I blame that all on Ohio State's defense. A little game yeah, yeah. connection I have to this one is just thinking back to last year when Devontae Smith was a relative unknown, at least to me, and to probably a, like a lot of just the general college football fans. So when South Carolina played against Alabama early season last year, it was uh, Helensky's first SEC start. And, you know, you've got Judy out there, Ruggs, Waddle, and like those were those guys were, it was just like one insane of the best, wide receiver insane core. And the guy that did the best against us was Devontae Smith. And, you know, I didn't know who, I was like, how is their fourth string receiver beating us? This sucks. Like... <laughs> The other guys are aren't doing too much, and this fourth string guy, like this skinny, like dude's one hundred and seventy five pounds, and we're getting beat by him. Then those three all go pro, and what happens? Devontae Smith is the Heisman <laughs> Trophy winner at receiver. It's ridiculous. But if you look happens. at his stats too, like you look at his stats for all all the years he was at Alabama, like it makes sense. Like it really shouldn't have been a surprise. It was just that he was behind all these other guys. If you look at his stats, I mean, he's over a thousand yards. He's got just so many touchdowns. You know what's crazy too, though, is all his stats for that game were in the first half. Had he not dislocated his finger, he may have set a record. Like he was. Well, he he did set records for amount of receptions and amount of uh, um, touchdowns by a receiver in the championship game. The only thing that he didn't have was total receiving yards, which I guess was set last year by LSU's just juggernaut wide receiver core as well, but. What what also I didn't realize until just recently was Smith was the was the one or I guess remember until just recently was that Smith was the one that caught the pass from Tua um in the national championship game against Georgia. Like the, the game winning walk off touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that so, was I mean, what a what a national His freshman year, I believe. That guy. No, he was just a freshman. Yeah, it would have been because it's been it was a two year a long two year drought for Alabama on that. Uh so what a what a yeah, I mean what a career in national championships. You know, rumor has it that Devontae Smith hasn't even left Miami. He's just staying there. All right. So we're going to move on after that. That was the end of college football season, (laughs) and we're all just happy that Clemson didn't win. So We are. We are. We are happy. It was nice to enjoy the national championship. It was much like when the Patriots aren't in the Super Bowl, and you can just watch it and not worry about, you know, the panic of them winning another championship. Like, just being able to enjoy the game and watch Devontae Smith and Najee Harris and Jalen Waddle, as hurt as he was, go out there and just make plays. It was really cool. For sure. And, you know, we didn't get to record last week uh, just with the holidays and everything. But uh, it's no doubt if you follow us on Twitter uh, how <laughs> how much fun we're having with everything we talked about there. But, uh, you know, Dabo's a fool. Uh, Clemson stinks. Yeah, that, I mean, there's not much else to say on that. Uh, but how about how about some basketball talk? Are, are we ready to get into this? I've been waiting to preview this basketball team, men's basketball team and women's basketball team for a while. Uh, it's kind of in an awkward spot because both teams, I guess the women's team looked like they were going to have a shutdown, but then ended up being a false positive. But the men have suffered multiple shutdowns so far this year. Uh, we had a nice little split early season. Um, and then 
eventually came back. Looked a little rough against FAMU, but that's expected with like nine guys and just straight coming back. But then the one SEC game we've played, blowing out Texas A&M was such a night. Like I, I, I think we all agreed we were just we did not like especially FAMU who had one win on the season we struggled with, and then Texas A&M we looked so good. I mean. I had nothing bad to say about that game, really. I mean, we we blew out an SEC team, and you know, it's it's A and M. Like they're not definitely, probably not an upper half SEC team, but that was a big one. I, I'll be honest, I I didn't watch any of this game, and the reason why is because I was kind of like finishing up doing something, and I was like, oh, I'll finish up. It was a late tip, so I was like, I'll finish up, and I was kind of probably fall asleep watching the game. Um, and then we got out like to a completely just amazing start, and I was like, I can't turn it on. And like every time I thought like I was gonna turn it on, I guess Clayton was watching it, and he, like I guess he'd go in like panic mode, and he's like, something would happen. He's like, we're losing, we're losing. I was like, I can't turn it on, I can't turn it on right now. So I just got to the point where I was like, I'm just not watching the game. Now I I tracked it on the ESPN app for like the whole time, but I didn't watch a single minute of it. But from it was stat definitely lines, fun to watch. from reading about it. It seemed like it was a great performance, top to bottom. So very happy with the team on that. I think one of the biggest storylines going into this year were obviously we lost Mike Kotsar, who was very productive last year, and then Jair Bolden uh, transferred. And so we still had a, a nice returning core, but A.J. Lawson struggled so much last year. Uh, really had the definition of a sophomore slump. And one thing I've noticed in the in the minimal games we've been able to watch is that A.J. Lawson looks like he is ready to make a real NBA resume from this year. I'm excited to see that. And then, obviously, I think our, our forwards need to replace Mike Coatsar. Levesque and McCreary looked really good in that A&M game. Um, but then, really, the only thing left uh, as we kind of wait out what's going to happen next, the non-conference is a little bit in doubt. I'm really hoping we can get that Clemson game in because I don't want to have two sports without our rivalry game. Hopefully those get made up. And then uh, with the SEC uh, Tennessee and Missouri are ranked. Kentucky looked, I mean, when you look at Kentucky and SEC basketball, you're always kind of not excited. Well, you're excited to play them, but they're a very good team. But uh, outside of those three teams, nobody's really jumped to that next level. I think we could definitely get up there with them. And even those two teams, Tennessee and Missouri and basketball, you, you never feel like you're out of your league with those games. So I'm excited for what this team can do. Obviously, we got to get past all the COVID issues. Uh, but we'll we'll definitely continue breaking this team down moving forward. Yeah, so uh, definitely a lot to still talk about. Hopefully, I mean the biggest thing with basketball right now is just we gotta play the games. So uh, we got, we're looking forward to get that. Um, the girls are still rolling. Uh, they got off to a good start in SEC play. Um, had a little bit of a scare against Kentucky, but uh, they were able to overcome that. LA Boston SEC player of the week this week. So. That is going just about as good as it can go over there for the girls. So I'm excited to keep that rolling on. And uh, it's going to be a little set, a touch and go for the next two months. But hopefully we'll get to the finish line there. Um, I know the NCAA has some big plans for the tournament this year, all being in Indianapolis. So um, we will see how that plays out. But uh, but something, we, we've got a, a new little piece of content this week. Uh, we're going to move right into our flop of the week. Say um, a little bit of thing that's that we've been not doing. New content. Let me finish. Let me finish. So normally, uh-huh. normally our flop of the week <laughs> is. <laughs> is well, it's relevant to so the the jokes. Relevant anyway. Go ahead. It's normally there for something in sports. Somebody does something. Somebody it says or does something stupid in the arena of the sporting world. We're going to flip the script on that a little bit. Uh, I'm going to let Austin take this away because this is one of the best stories that I've had happened to anyone personally I know personally. relevant to him. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I got a new phone over the holidays and I got this text thinking it was just from someone whose number I didn't transfer over or save or whatever. It's no big deal. I posted it in the group chat and all the guys were like, oh, we have no idea who that is. So I was just like, hey, you know, casually, who's this? Turns out I got a lot more than I intentionally bargained for. So here, we're going to go down the rabbit hole with this. Um, I, I Apparently I was invited to a swingers club 
uh, in the little no parents about area. it. Like you were, you were invited to a swingers yeah, club. Yeah, I, I was invited to a swingers club, but not as me as someone else. So I, I will admit that right now I am impersonating a a lovely woman whose name will remain anonymous. Um, and I, I am <laughs> apparently a great time from what I from what, all the information that I've gathered from my sources. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> I, I got invited to this, <clears throat> the swingers club in the local Charleston area for all my Charleston people. And apparently there is a tight meeting, a, uh, a party going on, a swingers party next Saturday that I got invited to. Unfortunately, I'm still here in San Antonio and cannot make that. I might have our pal Tyler go in my stead um, if he's down for it. But yes, I, I've been invited Has to a Tyler talk to his wife about this. She's actually me out of town, so hello. Oh, God. <laughs> Did she listen to the podcast? Uh, I hope not. Uh, we're, we're, about, we're about an hour in, so if she does, she's not going to get this far. <laughs> right, so we're safe. We're safe. That is, that is, so, that is quite true. Oh, I just, I just want to shout out Rick and Carolyn for the invite. I'm really excited for this opportunity. I thought they were going to be anonymous. <laughs> well, I'm going to be anonymous, but Rick and Carolyn, I just want to shout well, them out for a uh, for the invite. Um, so you know, the, I feel like the only reason this is genuinely in this episode is just because I was watching the waning minutes of a very intense NFL playoff game, and then I was trying to watch the game, but I I just couldn't look away from what was happening in this group message. I mean, it it was absolutely ridiculous and i was i was just egging austin on with it with every passing text that he put out it was, like, Yo, it you, was got, you gotta keep fun. going oh, it was hilarious it was a great at this moment i'm currently playoffs. working on an endorsement deal with a certain uh low country uh establishment so i'll let us know how that goes but we'll see we may have a great endorsement deal that might benefit all of us in more than one way if you get what i'm saying speak for yourself <laughs> 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 you don't want to come down to Jedburg right outside of Somerville for a nice Saturday night? Hey, that's right up my alley, man. That's that's right close to me. It's so, I mean, it's that's, literally that's... like I mean, it's like fifteen minutes from either me or Austin's house. Like the address, we we've got the address. If if any of our listeners want to have a fun Saturday night, like just let us Jesus. know. We've got the hookup. Let's not affiliate ourselves with this. We might as well. <laughs> it might be. It'll be crazy. Just y'all y'all show up and anybody who's gotten this far in this episode, just. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll hit us up in the DMs. We'll, we'll send you a nice address. Yeah, you know. We, we I really was thinking this was just somebody whose number I didn't save. I was just like, this, like, who is this? It's whatever. I don't care. And then it just it just went off like a fire. Like, it's like someone poured gasoline on the conversation. And it just it gulped. <laughs> and it went straight, just right into the topic. What if I was just like, what if I could, this, it was me the whole time. Like, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> No, like, I got like details, not. I've got addresses, I've got names. Like this is like I'm in it, guys. I am in it. I am part of the club. Like I, I am one with this swingers club and I can't even participate. Hello. Okay. Oh Marino. Marino. Well, glad to back. have you. Glad you could finally make it. <laughs> in the the last five minutes of the show, uh he's been hard at work, uh working through uh some of our stuff from last uh episode. So Marino, we, we did a little introduction in the beginning, so you know Whatever you're feeling, we're gonna we're gonna swing it over to you to intro yourself and and tell us how's how's your uh I guess your holidays been and everything. Uh, it's been pretty good. It was nice to win a fantasy football. Uh, oh, oh shit! Hey, congratulations! Yeah, yeah. Uh, congrats. That was that was great. Uh, Feels like it was it. centuries ago. Yeah, I know. It's been a long, congratulations. Long break. Thank you. Uh, nothing of importance to talk about sports wise because every team I followed has done. I guess hockey's about to start. Adam no, Gase dude, is gone. The Jets. Adam Gase the Jets have been like Carson the one of the Rowan. hottest teams in football. Did you say the Jets? <laughs> Did you say the Auburn? Jets? Yeah. The Jets? No, don't. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough time to bring this up. I, I, don't, I don't want to go off on Auburn at this point. You know, it, it's. Did y'all talk about just, um, Bobo and Harson and all that? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We did. We we, we <laughs> yeah. avoided a Rabin rant for the most part. No comment on that. Yeah. <laughs> I like the coaching hire. I don't like the offense, but otherwise, yeah. I don't have a lot to say about Bobo. He's just a snake. So, well, yeah, but yeah. So, Nick Saban's quarterback. Oh God, please no. <laughs> so please we, uh, so Marina, you've caught us really just in time for our very, very, very brief recap uh, to end the show on this weekend's playoffs. Uh, I guess we're gonna kind of go 
do we want to do just a homer alert really for yeah for just the two of us here i mean you know you could talk you could <laughs> let these other guys do some homer alerts about how they're they're you know can't wait for the nfl draft right guys at home sitting well, on the how couch about i do a homer alert of gamecocks in the nfl we've got rashad fitton and chris lamans with the chiefs they'll be playing this upcoming week after their first round bye, you've got the Bucks with Kobe Smith, who I think Kobe Smith's on the practice squad, but I'm not 100% sure. But either way, he's on the team in some capacity, and Ryan Suckup. And then the Browns have Kyle Markaway. And then we got the Saints with DJ Swearinger and Jared Cook. So uh, there's my homer alert for you with the NFL. There you go. I mean, that's seven. I, th- I think I saw something recently that said the last, like, eight Super Bowls have had a Gamecock in it. So That's pretty That's pretty impressive. I, I, yeah. Actually. I briefly mentioned it, but my homer alert real quick is just the fact that I, I saw a bunch of my future Miami Dolphins playing last night. Oh. Very excited for Najee Harris and Devontae Smith. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm I, sure saw, I saw a future Jet quarterback, uh, maybe. Play. I don't know. We might we might be getting Trevor Lawrence after all. After Fields played so well, he, I mean he didn't win. I feel like you'll get one of those two at least. I don't know. I don't know. Especially I, if Herman Meyer goes to the Jags, you, he I, may you know, get that Justin Fields. Dude, yeah. It's sounding more and more real. You know, as the days go by, it's wild. I'd a hundred percent stick with Sam Darnold. That's me. But enough about y'all's shitty teams. Anyway, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> We're going to talk about our teams very briefly. Uh, I'm going to keep it very brief. Uh, congrats to Lamar's Lamar on winning that first. Congrats on the uh, on the first playoff win. Matt, excited to see you boys on Saturday night. Hopefully, it doesn't snow uh, because that would really mess up what we're good at. But uh, it should be a fun ride. Yeah, if it snows, you won't be able to see the logo to stomp on you, fucking pricks. <laughs> Did they? Okay, I was gonna not even bring it up because like, that was what I was most excited for. You can't call us the pricks. They started it. Yeah, like, they I mean, did I didn't know that. To be fair, it just it, it it just seemed like just such a. If you were if you were a non like if if you were if you just a casual observer and you had no idea, like I would be absolutely just like appalled by the Baltimore. The fact Ravens. that they did it makes it somewhat okay. Here's my thing. Yeah. Aside from the fact that the Titans have won the last two games, there's no reason for that to be a rivalry at all. Like, I don't understand why they hate each other. Well, so there much. actually is a little bit of bad blood in the playoffs, like, back when, like, they were still, like, the greatest show on turf. And, like, because the Ravens were good then, obviously, because, you know, the Ravens won a Super Bowl in, like, 2002 as well. So, I mean, there were there was some there was some bad playoff blood there. And then I think just... Like, literally no one on that in that team organizations are at all like relevant to what happened no it's okay the ravens are trying to do a tiktok video so it's not that bad (laughs) no oh Oh, man no that that team's out of the playoffs (laughs) i feel like the ravens played a solid game you know the titans had some some things they were good at and i feel like the ravens really shut them down uh the bills honestly didn't play super good against the colts i also I think the Colts actually played really well too. Like Philip Rivers, the Colts had a are good. Really Absolutely, good they played really well. Yeah, and I, I feel like some of the things I, I saw, their game plan really worked perfectly, and it it just seemed like they were out talented. Missed a couple field goals, um, didn't recover a, a couple. Fun- this game could have gone either way, but it it definitely did feel like the Bills were the better team uh, in the end. But you know. I feel like Rivers had an all-star game. And I think it it could be a little bit of a wake-up call. You know, the Bills have destroyed everyone they played previous to this game for the last three or four weeks. Uh, But at this point, I feel like, Tyler, you and I can both agree, the season has been a success. Whatever happens from now on is just added to it. You know, I think the Bills, being the higher seed, definitely have some aspirations to make that AFC title game. But so do y'all, especially after last year. So, I mean, we're definitely looking forward to a little grudge match this weekend. Yeah, I think it's definitely, I mean, the last thing i say is just a monkey off the back for both teams. Uh, I mean, Lamar getting that first playoff win because a lot of people, especially in this group, not going to name any names, Austin Ratliff, uh, definitely had that as like the mon- one main thing Who? against Lamar. And then, uh, of course, the Bills uh, getting that first first playoff win in my lifetime. I assume yours too, Matt. I'm not sure. But uh, I know it's – I mean, I'm not 25 No, he yet. was two months old. Right? Two months old. Okay. So I'm I'm the young and I'm still 24. I know it was a 25-year drought. Um, so 
big big time thing there and then um i do just want to mention that the steelers got absolutely clapped on sunday night that was hilarious one of the most disastrous another streak for, Josh. for the browns one of the most disastrous first quarters i've ever seen in football in general and then for it to be a playoff game just unbelievable um and that's the last thing i have to say anyone else have anything before we wrap up this episode no it's just good to be back bringing 2021 in with a with a couple episodes this week Uh, we've got some big things planned for this year you know we talked a lot uh in the previous couple weeks when we weren't doing podcasts we were a little busy but you know we've got some big things planned for this year and we're we're really excited to bring that out super excited super excited and uh and super excited about football gangbox football too i mean as crazy as we spend into the day i'm super optimistic and hopefully we'll have some more fun things to talk about next week And until then, you'll have a great one, and we're looking forward to talking to you all again.